Welcome to Royal C-Suite Truth, the ignition point for global impact and your compass for innovation. In this hive of game changers, we empower transformation, connecting one story at a time. So buckle up for a deep dive into the realities of the C-Suite as we continue our journey together. So let's get this started. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Jay Mather. How are you doing, Jay? And where are you hanging out right now? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I'm on a little island called Bowen Island off the coast of Vancouver in British Columbia, Canada. Excellent. So it's a pleasure having you here on the show. Jay Mather is a sustainability executive who is focused on business transformation through influencing senior leaders to move beyond theory to practical action through innovating new technologies, mindsets, and services. And I think your mission to financial independence and beyond just remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Jay. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful. So let's dive right in. So what inspired you to pursue a career in leadership and how did you make it into the C-suite? That's an interesting one um, because I'm one of those weird, reluctant leaders. Um, I stepped into leadership not out of uh, managed intent, um, in, in many ways, just out of necessity. And what I was finding was the things that I've been interested in, in the sustainability space and moving beyond business as usual, um, the leaders around me didn't have much of the perspective or skill sets in the area. And so I ended up finding myself stepping into leading programs all over and over and over again and designing and setting up and managing them because to be frank, the other people weren't doing that role. Hmm. So, um, in many ways, underneath it all, I'm I'm an outlaw more than a leader. I'm a person who looks at the world from a slightly different angle, who tries to find ways of doing things within systems that are, they aren't necessarily naturally doing. And that's what almost everybody who works in the sustainability field ultimately is doing. They're trying to change a system. So getting into C-Suite, um, I found co-founded a business, my business Carbon Free Group, 17 years ago with a team of people after running a big European Union funded clean tech program. And um, the team asked me to become the CEO because mm -hmm. they thought that I was the best person to lead. So that's how I ended up in that space. And I've ended up doing other roles uh, as well at the same time. So it's, it's a part-time co-CEO plus executive director in other roles and mm -hmm. board memberships. So. As they come by, right? So it's just yes. typically as they come by. Yeah, no, I understand. So, and doing this for almost two decades now. Uh, so what are, what are the biggest challenges uh, you face as, uh, you know, the C-suite executive? And how do you overcome them typically? Uh, the biggest challenge is mindset. Mm. Um, and that ultimately, in order for us to transition and transform towards net zero and beyond as civilization, we actually have to go back to the sacred cows and, and look them in the eye and, and start to understand that many of them aren't actually able to continue for much longer, mm. that we're running out of road with a lot of our business models. And mm. so the hardest part is that you have to sometimes talk to people who have spent 25 years learning how to be very, very successful with a skill set and, and explain to them that they're now entering liminal space, the space in between what was and what is, and that to navigate that space, they need a whole new set of perspectives and mindsets and skills. And I would say one in a hundred CEOs are prepared for that. So it's a very mm. 
And there's another nine in a hundred who say they are. Mm. And so that's why I roughly categorize 10% of businesses are actually on the voyage of understanding what near zero and beyond looks like. And only one in 10 of them is actually capable of doing the work right now. So it's very early days. That's interesting. Um, so um, last time I checked, we're all humans, right? <laughs> so last time. What, are, <laughs> what are common mistakes you see uh, leaders make and how can they avoid them? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good one. Um, the big one is all down to ego. Um, hmm. I think almost every single major conundrum and challenge that the human race faces, and this is business, this is governance, this is society, is individualism, is hyper-individualism. Um, mm. And where we sit in our world currently, um, the only solutions we have for a collective solution for these big challenges is community. And so mm. we're in this weird hyper-individualistic moment in society at a moment when we actually need the most communal thinking in our society to survive. Um, that old analogy, greed is good, and humans are naturally greedy is is actually fundamentally missing a point for 99% of human existence, we actually only survive through community. So mm. ironically, that is absolutely false. Um, modern greed based thinking and individualist based thinking is actually only in the couple of hundred years on a deep level in society throughout most of human existence. If you did not get on with your neighbors, you were outcast from your society, which usually meant death. So we've actually got a hard wire in us as a species, as social animals, to work together. You know, we can hunt better mm. together. We can mm. actually solve challenges better. We can actually have diverse skill sets that are needed in various times. So this is the hyper-individualism, which therefore goes down to ego, is the biggest challenge we all face. And the executive mm. leaders are the ones with the most of it. Mm. I already have goosebumps when you talk about this because, you know, Royal stands for Ripple of Impact Alliance. So it's essentially becoming a community of communities and you just hit uh, the uh, the nail with the hammer. So thank you for sharing that. You're getting already in this goosebumps territory that makes my heart spring. So yes. coming back to, um, you know, the leaders here. So what is one valuable piece of advice you would give to other leaders, you know, looking to advance their careers, but also kind of like, you know, how they, if it, they, they don't want to advance it, but maybe, uh, you know, how to become even better or maximize their impact. Well, that's, uh, it's an interesting one because every one of us is going to encounter challenges repeatedly mm. in our existence. And one of the techniques that I would advise, and I, I do this a lot with people at all levels, uh, but really with leaders to say that when you have a challenge, and I don't use the word problem, problem is negative. Mm challenge mm -hmm. has potential to be positive or negative. So when you enter the world of challenge, you know, ultimately we have three choices. We resist it, we accept it, or we transform mm -hmm. it. That's really it. Now, resistance, well, we're all very good at that. And it doesn't usually work. Um, acceptance, it's actually quite a bit of work to learn how to accept something and not let it continue to bother you or, or, or really pull you down. But transformation of it is where leadership needs to be because that's exactly mm -hmm. where you can find the gift in any challenge. It does not matter how difficult or how bad something is, there's always a silver lining somewhere in there if you learn how to see mm -hmm. it. And the way you have to do that is with curiosity and exploration and navigation and action um, and also empathy. 
empathy for oneself and empathy for others in a process is where the most gifts lie. So leaders who understand this emotional intelligence angle and this positivity angle are the ones who will succeed more so than any other. Uh, the statistics also show that it is your emotional intelligence which is more responsible for your success in business than it is your academic intelligence or your degree qualifications or how much money you made. So it's ironic that business schools are still struggling with the simple fact that the most valuable skill is the one they actually are very, very poor at teaching. It's the connecting tissue. So it's kind it of like, it, it, community. it is definitely, here it goes. It's again, the individual can only go so far. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. So um, honing in a little bit on, on your personal experiences. So when was the last time you had a breakthrough moment as a leader and what did you learn from that experience? Oh, this, this is, um, this was one which related to learning when to stop, learning when to mm. let go. Um, learning when there's been a process that has been successful thus far that is just not really looking like it's going to go any further. Uh, so this is, uh, it, it actually for me is a, an, an empathetic place where I started to come to a conclusion of that sacred cow that I have been keeping alive and feeding and continuing to, you know, to invest energy into, it, it appears that that is coming to an end. So that is, um, that I think is an essential thing for all of us is that if we're deeply connected and we're paying attention and we're really, truly honest, there are things that we are investing our time into that may have fed us for a very long time and, and got mm. us lots of acumen and lots of success that have come to their natural fruition. Mm. And so that letting go thing is, mm. is really where I'm finding the most interesting things at, at my 51 now. And I guess it's the quote unquote midlife crisis. Um, but actually I don't see it that way. I, I see it as, you know, I've done, been there, done this. Now what next, what next is the most exciting thing? Because that's, that's the magic of potential. Anything think, can come. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it, you're already making kind of like the power step into that, you know, becoming part of the solution instead of like staying part of kind of like your past or the problem that, uh, you're surrounded with or you're, you're faced with at that moment so and mm -hmm. uh coming back to communities right <laughs> not everything can be done by communities but within that we feel more safe and we feel kind of like so the accepting part is kind of like a being in the moment and uh realizing okay where to from here because we are all driven by kind of like where's our next uh um, status level, so to speak, not in a, in a, in a negative way, but kind of like, you know, this is the plateau I'm, I'm on right now. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. And those plateaus are just as external as they are internal. Mm, um, for sure. And getting to know oneself, like the, the starting point of all of this transformational work is empathy. And the hardest part of empathy is empathy for oneself. And, and what's so funny is we're, we are so much more readily, typically as an average normal human being, or even an executive, to give someone else the benefit of the doubt, more so than we will ourselves. The worst judge in the world is the one that's in our head. It knows every crack, every weakness, every failure, and it will use that thing on us every time. And so it's fascinating to learn how to separate oneself from those judges 
from those controller, the hyper-analytical, the, the beasts inside of our own minds that, yes. that we live with because they are not us. Mm. Like there's yeah. a beautiful yeah. Irish saying, sorry, <laughs> there's a beautiful <laughs> Irish saying, which I love, which is sadness is upon me for the moment and something else will be upon me later. And it's not, mm. I am sad or I am depressed, mm. but rather this is upon me now. And, and there's a separation there. That's not me. It's just something I have at this moment, mm. or it's with me at this moment. You could say the same thing about happiness and joy. Mm. These are just things that pass through us over life. And the, the, for me, the most powerful skill as an executive is to learn how to step back a little bit and separate yourself from those things and see them as being companions and not yourself. Well, from my experience, I would go even further. And uh, this, this means to, I shared this earlier before we started, it's about letting go and letting in. So it's really like embracing what is already there because yeah. you can determine, you know, if you want to be happy or, you know, what's the next step and how you want to make it, um, make it feel, how it can make you feel. So essentially yes. we have, uh, we are in charge. Nobody else is doing it for us, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's the victim mentality to think that this is happening to me or I feel this way because of X. Exactly. Um, if you if you listen to like you do any of the readings on people like Mandela's writings about when he was mm. in prison on Robben Island and how mm. at the beginning for him it was really, really, really difficult because he was very angry and very, mm. very um he was struggling with the power and towards the mm. end of it he placed himself in a in a totally different psychological uh genre in his brain to go I am here and I'm going to take joy in the incarceration. I'm going to take joy mm -hmm. in the manual labor. Mm -hmm. And and that lesson is throughout human history. We mm -hmm. all have versions of that we can do mm -hmm. um, instead of being victims, mm -hmm. you know, victimhood Definitely. Yeah. just feeds victimhood. <laughs> and it comes, yeah, <laughs> you're saying, and it comes down to the decision-making process. So my next question for you is when was the last time you had to make a tough decision that significantly impacted your team or organization? And how did you navigate that decision-making process? Hmm. Well, this, uh, this is a big decision that I've been actually working on. I'm still working on it. Um, which is that the historic nature of my business has been a, largely about consulting. And I see the consulting world as going through a change right now, especially the sustainability consulting world. Um, and a lot of the work that's being out there and being one is irrelevant. It's, it's scratching at the surface. You're just doing another assessment for another company. Here's another draft report. Here's another policy you could do. And I'm done with that. Um, mm. it's, it's, it's not making anything really happen. What I'm interested in is where practical, impactful, real action happens. I don't care about writing reports anymore. I don't care mm. about audits anymore uh, at mm. all. And so this is a big transformation because the business is built. It's, 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 it's sacred cow is that space. So how do you navigate that? Mm. And and what we've been doing is building a brand new service that is a needed and b really ticks all those boxes but it's very difficult to get off the ground without philanthropic funding because you're it's not a business yet it'll be a business eventually so that's been the hard part is putting together the package to get in front of philanthropic funders to say will you will you get us over that first line and that's mm. been the big piece, but it's a totally different skill set. It's a totally different 
approach and everything ironically comes out of the brain and from intellect into the community and the emotion and the mm. what's in it for me piece. Um, and so now it's about honing things to a smaller, sharper, succinct message. It's like, um, you know, if I had more time, this would be shorter, that sort of thing. And we're just trying mm. to just get rid of the fat and say, here's mm. a solution. We believe it's amazing because of X, Y, Z. Will you, are you on board? Do you want to help mm -hmm. be part of this process? And that for me is, is fun because what's coming out of this is it's, it's simpler and it's actually ironically easier and faster to be that discerning, to not mm -hmm. have the, it's the anti-academic of here's a 50 page report when a five page would do. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the approach that I'm going is the other way around, you know, um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's fascinating because working within my team, it's a total different landscape. This is a departure mm. from what we've done. And there's the hesitancy within many of the operatives. There's a lot of people who are like, yeah, but how? And I don't know how to do that. And what if it doesn't work? And I'm just taking the leadership role of saying, well, I think what we're doing is come to the end of its road. So we have to. This is not optional. Yeah. It's now actually, let's embrace it's, it. it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the, you're making the first steps to, which are necessary. Essentially, it's creating a new business model uh, that uh, you can create uh, as you go along. Um, mm -hmm. Wonderful. I, I could talk, talk hours with you, but we're already uh, at our final question for today. It's a personal one. <laughs> More personal. <Great>. Community. <laughs> Yay, here we go. When was the last time you... Ex well, we're talking about the smallest unit of any community now. So when was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? Oof, that was probably about a half an hour ago. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, why? Um, it, it was, it was taking, taking the time with my wife, because uh, it's early morning here, uh, when she woke up and started her day just to hug her and not focus on anything else for 20 seconds, hmm. not five, not 10, just, just stay and breathe and be present and recognizing what shows up in the body and what shows up in the heart and the mind. And that, that gave me goosebumps. And um, hmm. that's the whole point why we're here is those moments. Um, and that's, that's, that's what I've been really fascinated with learning about at this hmm. age that those gems are within my access at any time. Mm. And I love that. Well, Jay, mission accomplished. You have me kind of like with that story, having the shivers right now. So <laughs> mm. thank you for this beautiful goosebumps moment. Also, thank you, Jay, for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you and appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. Thank you. Really, really enjoyed this. Great to, great to have this chat. Thank you. Thank you for listening and as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. As we anchor another transformative episode, remember, if today's tales resonated, then that's your ripple moment calling. Let's amplify this impact. I invite you with all earnestness to raid and champion Roy C. Sweet Truth to a fellow pioneer, a visionary who craves this caliber of insights and transformation for a deeper plunge into the harmonious realms of business growth with home life motivation, set your course to royal.org and become part of our Ripple of Impact Alliance, where mere ripples evolve into formidable waves. 
until our path intertwined again, remain that beacon, cherish the impact, and above all, revel in every step of your journey.